When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC Football Podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, week three is upon us. We've got an interesting little slate. We had one game postponed. We had another one we were worried was going to be postponed, but it is not. Uh, should be a fun week. You ready to talk about some games? You sound great. Well, thank you. Thank you for noticing. We have, uh, we have a long-standing tradition on this podcast of... Uh, questionable sound quality and uh, technical issues and all of that, and somehow it's like we're uh, we're taking a step into the 20th century here, Mike. I, I have uh, we are upgraded the microphone for those that are a little less familiar with the parlance. A uh, an omnidirectional microphone has turned into a uh, cartoid carotid. I don't know something like that. Uh, you can tell that I'm very well versed in all this, but yeah, new mic. Hopefully, we sound good. Um, and and more importantly, hopefully, hopefully our picks are better this week. It wasn't the best last week. It wasn't good, Joey. You're an engineer. You're not a sound engineer. That's clear. That is very clear. So, yes. So, um, yeah. I mean, our picks need to be better this week. Um, I think you mentioned combined we were something like two and eight or two and ten against the spread last week. Something real ugly. Yeah, two and ten, not great. Yeah, real bad actually. So we gotta be better. Let's do better this week, Mike. Um, again, we have six ACC games we're going to preview. Five of them are conference games, so I, I don't mind that in terms of the uh, 2020 football season, getting a lot of conference action in early and often. Um, and, Mike, we have to lead it off. There's really only one place we can do this, a, uh, a tradition around here and around this conference. One of the best rivalries, not, in the, not only in the conference, but in the entire country, we get to renew that rivalry this weekend, Mike, as the Florida State Seminoles are an 11-point underdog on the road in South Beach, taking on their good friends and uh, team, you know, their in-state uh, brethren, the number 12 Miami Hurricanes. Again, Florida State, an 11-point underdog on the road. Total is 54. Uh, Florida State, of course, coming off of a bye week, and before that, a loss to Georgia Tech. Going to make sure to throw that one in there. Uh, Miami coming off a pair of wins, pretty dominant wins over UAB and Louisville. Uh, Florida State going to be without Mike Norvell in this game. He's been uh, in isolation with COVID. Lots of stuff going on here, and I there, there's a lot that tells me, Mike, that this number, this 11, is not enough in this spread. And yet, what, what do we always say about this game? It is not, it is not like other games, not even like other That's rivalry right. games. Right. Um, it's funny you should say that about the spread probably not being high enough. And, you know, this game always gets weird. But, Joey, I'm just going to go against conventional wisdom and saying, oh, yeah, you know, Florida State will easily cover. And I, I'm going to present my one thought about this game. It's three words. Hammer the Canes. Hmm. Hammer them. Hammer them. 
Hammer Joey, the Kings. Florida State's Florida State's got a really good defensive line, right? So in theory, they should be able to slow down De'Ara King and the Miami rushing attack, right? In theory. Sure. I'm following you. Right. Um, prove it. Yeah. Valid point. Prove it. So Miami through two games, real efficient rushing the football. Cameron Harris, oh my God, he's really good. And De'Ara King, look, for all the issues that Miami has had up front, right? And that'll be probably something we'll dive into a little bit more here as we discuss this game. But Miami's offensive line is still a major issue. Florida State's offensive line, also an issue. Yep. But Miami's offensive line still an issue going up against a Florida State defensive line that's really good. Probably one of the five or six best defensive fronts in all of college football. So yep. that is the storyline of the game for me, is Florida State's defensive line against Miami's offensive line. The thing is that De'Ara King, through two weeks, even behind a mediocre to bad offensive line, they've still found a way to, number one, run block well. But number two, De'Ara King has been able to extend plays. Um, he's been able to get the ball out quickly. Rhett Lashley is running plays to get the ball out of his hands so that he's comfortable in the offense, even behind that shoddy offensive line. So I'm not too concerned about Miami here, Joey. And you know what? With Mike Norvell out, I think not having your head coach on the sideline because he's in COVID protocols, not having him on the sideline, I think that's a big deal. Florida State, you know, they lose to Georgia Tech in a game they probably should have won. They did not look great uh, two weeks ago in that opener. And now you got to play Miami, who through two games has looked like one of the best teams in the ACC so far. So I like the Canes here, Joey. I like them a lot. Lock in Miami minus 11. Lock it in. Um, I feel really good about that. The over under 54, um, I'd lean under only because I'm not sure how much Florida State's going to score, Joey. I'm really not sure. And so I'd lean under there. But lock in Miami minus the 11. I think they win this game going away, win this game pretty easily. I love the Canes here. You're locking it up right off the bat. I like it. I'm locking it up right off the bat, Joey. I Look really, really like Miami. I really like Miami this week a lot. So, I, and I, I generally do too. I, I, I have very few questions in my mind. I, I, I mean, Miami's going to win this game in my mind. That's that's something I feel really good about. I'm, I'm pretty much con- uh, you know certain of. The thing is, though, I, I don't know about the margin, and I, I could I, I like what you said, and I, I tend to agree that I lean under. I don't know if I want to make that an official pick, but I lean under in this game because I could see it being kind of a defensive slog of sorts. Keep in mind that this Florida State defense is going to be, you know, significantly better than either of the two defenses that Miami has seen already. Keep in mind that Miami scored 47 points last week against Louisville again, and I, I we put some of this out on the on the Twitter account in the last couple of days is like. Look at how badly disorganized that Louisville defense was. I mean, that, that's that's right. the kind of thing that allows for that offense to just take advantage. I mean, a 75-yard touchdown pass is that on the stat sheet, but that ball only traveled maybe 15 yards in the air to um, – you know, I forget who I'm thinking of here. But, you know, that, like – I am still concerned about Miami's offense being a little bit one-dimensional. I, I I think Florida State has the horses up front to really kind of try to contain that Miami rushing attack and try to force De'Eric King to beat him through the air. And between accuracy from King and then some of the hands issues we've seen from Miami's receivers as well, I That's been a problem. Uh, yeah. Even when they have been open, when the ball has been there, they can't always come down with it, uh, which that's a, a separate thing. I am not 
certain that Miami is just going to be able to run the score up in this game. 54 points is kind of a lot. 11 points of separation, also kind of a lot. You, maybe you think that Florida State's going to be a little bit better coming out, you know, after a bye week and, and having some film on. So I'm going to take Florida State to cover the 11 here. Ooh. I'm going to take you? them to cover. I, I think Miami wins again, but, you know, I, I think it's like a 6-7, maybe 10-point kind of game. I don't think that they get outside of 10 um, in terms of coverage. So give me Florida State and the points. Um, you're on Miami, and that's your lock of the week. Um, I am – what the hell? Let's make the under an official play here. I will uh, I will dance with the devil trying to, uh, you know, trust Florida State to keep Miami under wraps. I, I think they will. You know, but we'll have to see. I don't want to. I don't want to dive into this too far, just because we got a lot of games to preview here. But Joey, what's your evaluation of Miami for this season? Like, do you think that they're somewhere between the ten-win team they were a few years ago and you know the six-win team that we've seen the last couple of years? Do you think they're like more of a ten-win team, more of a six-win team? Like, what? Where do you think through two weeks of watching them play? Like, where do you think they're at realistically? Um, I'll, I'll say this. I mean, so defensively, I don't know that they're quite as good as they have been in recent years. There's a lot I would agree. that they're trying to replace. They're still very good. And that defensive line is causing a lot of problems for teams early on. Um, but overall on defense, I think if you look at the back seven, I don't think they're quite as good as what they've been in recent years. Offensively, I, I think they're quite a bit better than they have been in recent years. They're just be- they're better Great. coached. They're in a scheme that fits what they want to do. Um, I think they've got a pretty good identity that they're putting together. I just I don't think it's like the complete picture. So I think overall, I think this is a I, I think this is a better Miami team than the ten win team. But I also didn't really have a lot of faith in the ten win team. I agree. They won a lot of games. I didn't think they were that good. So agree, agree. This would this it would not surprise me if I'm like throughout the entire season I'm like you know what and, and it is an eleven game season for the ACC so we'll take that into account. But with mm-hmm. all that being said, it would not surprise me if I'm looking at Miami at the end of the year and I'm like, look, this team didn't win as many games as that ten win team. But overall, if you put that ten win if you put the ten win team against this team this year, I think this team wins. Yep. And it's it's a similar argument I've had about Notre Dame too with the 2012 national championship team and some of the teams they've had since then. I feel like that 2012 team that kind of lucked their way into the Alabama game is not nearly as good as some of the teams Brian Kelly's had since then. So, yep. And and Miami's going to have their chance to prove that their offense really is the real deal. I mean, their next two games, they they they're off next week and then the following two weeks it's at Clemson and home against Pittsburgh. Like yep. that's that's a couple of defenses that can that can stop the run and make you throw it. So we're going to yep. find out if they can. Yeah, stay tuned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're going to figure it out pretty quickly, I think. Yeah, so I'm on Florida State in the under. You're on Miami. Um, and by the way, I, because this is a professional podcast now that we've got good sound and all that, um, I should probably mention this game's at 7.30 on ABC. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that kind of slipped past us there. Yeah, so uh, have your TV tuned there. That's going to be a fun game to watch. And college game day is there, by the way, too. So that's three straight weeks of college game day at an ACC campus. So that's pretty dope. Yep. Uh Noon on the ACC Network, Mike, the number 24 Louisville Cardinals, a three-point underdog on the road at Heinz Field against the number 21 Pittsburgh Panthers. Pitt going to be wearing the blackout uniforms for this game, if I'm not mistaken, which is really weird for like a nooner kind of situation, but sure, whatever, why not? Um, Kind of odd looking at this just base case and saying Louisville is the underdog. Like you wouldn't have just – thought Louisville was going to be an underdog much, I think, going into the year. But after what we saw last week against Miami, 
I, I, I've got a couple of questions about just how good Louisville is actually going to end up being this year. Yeah, and it has nothing to do with their offense. Now, name name that Cunningham, Joey. I have to ask you this every week. Oh, gosh. Uh, I think it's Malik this week. Yes, it's Malik this week. Okay, all right. Um, so, so Malik Cunningham, name that Cunningham, um, he's pretty good. And the offense is good, and they have a really good running game with Javion Hawkins, and Tutu Atwell's really good, and the receiving core as a whole I think is underrated. Um because outside of Tutu Atwell, they got some playmakers there. And a lot of people just look at Atwell and they're like, all right, like he's it. He is not it. <laughs> like they have a really good receiving core, really strong running game. Cunningham's good. Offensive line's improving. The offense is fine. The defense might be one of the worst in the conference. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be some wide variability in Louisville's outcomes this year from a scoring perspective and from a win-loss perspective. Louisville, I think, has the baseline to be a really good football team. The issue is that I think they're going to have to score a ton in almost every game they play to really have a realistic chance of beating, especially the good teams, um, a realistic chance of being one of those like really solid top four or five teams in the conference. Um, so that's kind of where we're at with Louisville. How many points, Joey, do you think uh, Pittsburgh needs to score to win this game against Louisville? Because Louisville's going up against a really good Pittsburgh defense here. Yeah, I'm somewhere in that, like, 28 to 31 range probably agree, agree. like because good, my- as, as good as Pittsburgh's defense is like Louisville's going to get some points they're going to score right agree I think I feel like if Pittsburgh holds Louisville to 21 to 24 points I think Pitt has a great chance to win this football game because I think Pittsburgh despite you know some of the issues they've had in the running game and you know some of the issues Kenny Pickett's had in the past throwing on defenses and I think if Pittsburgh scores four touchdowns, they win this football game. If they get to 28 points, I think that's the number. I mm-hmm. think that's the number to win the game. Now, I don't feel great about the spread here. If you're going to bet, if you're going to place one bet on this game, I would bet Pittsburgh money line and feel pretty good about it. I'm not so sure with the margin. It's only a three-point spread right now. Pittsburgh's got issues offensively. they still got to iron out. Even against a really bad Louisville defense, Louisville, look, if Louisville finds a way to score on Pittsburgh, they're winning the football game. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think Pittsburgh can keep up with Louisville offensively. But that's a big if, because this is the best defense that Louisville has faced so far, Joey. Yeah, oh, completely. I, I Yeah, I think this Pittsburgh's defense is a better better defense than what Louisville saw last week against Miami when Agree. they scored 34 points. And, I mean, there was... And, and, yeah, you could say, well, some of that was late in the game and it was already out of reach. Yeah, but... Again, they came out in the third quarter, ran two drives for seven and 11 plays, racked up 149 yards, you know, and and two touchdowns. Like, you just saw there's a level of coaching there that they're going to be able to get something done, even no no matter how good this defense is, really. Um, I am having a really hard time trying to decide who I like to just win this game. Um, I... I'm going to ride, Mike, because I have to make a pick here. I'm going to take yep. Louisville to win the game outright on the field. Whoa. Hello. I, if, if they make me look like a fool here, I might be out on them for quite a while. And I am very nervous about this defense that, like, they might be bad enough that almost anybody's going to find a way to score on them. I mean, a couple of busted coverages here or there could get Pitt a couple of easy touchdowns, and that's all they need. I... I feel like I'm going to look really dumb for making this pick, but we're just going to ride with Louisville one more time. We're going to take the points, take them outright. Homer City. Homer City. We're going to take them outright, 
and does not look back. And, and ignore my comment. Yeah. I don't feel good about it. I don't feel good about it either either direction here because, again, I mean, Louisville's defense not that good. Pitt's offense not that good. So, right. Right. you know, it, it's it's kind of hard for me to figure out. I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't recommend betting this game either way. Um, I don't really have any strong feelings about the total. 55 and a half. Mm. Eh, leave it not alone. Not touching that. Yeah. I, I'm not – I'm I'm not touching any of the bets in this game, Joey. The the one thing I would say is if you know you feel you feel inclined to make a bet on this game, I, I would say Pittsburgh money lines to play because I, I just think the defense. I mean, look, this is a gut check game for Louisville's defense, by the way, because if Pittsburgh's offense goes up and down the field on them, it's going to be a really really long season. Yeah, a really long season because Pittsburgh's offense not great. Yeah, and I guess maybe where I'm splitting hairs here is I, clearly the two best things in this in this game are Pittsburgh's defense and Louisville's offense. Right. Um, and and I think I'm going to lean with Louisville's offense as the best thing from the standpoint of I think that they're a little bit better coached, just a little bit. And, and but again, we're we're kind of splitting hairs here in terms of how I assess these teams. They're almost like the opposite teams right now. So right. I'll take Louisville, but I don't feel good about it. Hmm. So I don't know. I'm I'm prepared to be hurt again, Mike. Yeah, just ready to be hurt again, baby. <laughs> All right, I'm on Louisville. You're on Pittsburgh. Uh, we will move forward here. Eight o'clock on the ACC Network, Mike. The NC State Wolfpack, a seven-point underdog, on the road in Blacksburg, taking on your number twenty Virginia Tech Hokies. Total is fifty-seven. Lots going on with this. Uh, this is Virginia Tech's first game of the season. Um, Virginia, this spread, by the way, opened around 10 and came down to about seven fairly quickly. A lot of concerns about who is and isn't going to be able to play in this game. Uh, we actually would have recorded this podcast, you know, the better part of 24 hours ago if we weren't kind of nervous that this game was going to get canceled. But no, it sounds like it's still on. Uh, Mike, how are we feeling about your Hokies right now? Well, the big question here, at, as we record here on Thursday afternoon, a you little sound like a weatherman. <laughs> is <laughs> here's how we feel about it right now, because um, this is going to be big time hedging, because at this very moment we don't know who's in and who's out for Virginia Tech. The one thing I can tell you with near certainty, it would be a surprise at this very moment in time if Hendon Hooker suits up and plays for Virginia Tech on Saturday. That would be a surprise. So, backup um, quarterback on the table for Virginia Tech. Yeah, or is it the guy that Justin Fuente actually wants starting, Braxton Burmeister? Because things got interesting in fall camp when Justin Fuente came out and said, hey, both Hendon Hooker and Braxton Burmeister have earned the right to play. Braxton Burmeister, former four-star quarterback recruit, originally committed to Oregon, Played as a true freshman, was actually pretty bad in the few games he appeared in, was eventually re replaced by, you know, last year's number, or I guess this past April's number six overall pick, Justin Herbert. So don't feel too bad about things, Braxton Burmeister. Um, he transferred to Virginia Tech, sat out a year ago, and he has been coined as probably the most athletic quarterback on the team. Now, what does that equate to moving forward for Virginia Tech? That's the question that I have because. As we sit here right now, it looks like Braxton Burmeister is a starter on Saturday. That's only scratching the surface here, Joey, because there's a good chance that Virginia Tech is without several key offensive starters and defensive starters. Now, the one thing I can tell you is at, at this point, again, we'll couch it with that. 
Dax Hollyfield had COVID back in July. So he doesn't have COVID now. He mentioned that in a press conference uh, this week with the media. Um, the thing with the ACC is if you have COVID, then you don't need to be tested for 90 days after that. Like once you have a negative test, you're done because of hmm. what we know about antibodies and the presence of them for at least three months. So Virginia Tech should have Dax Hollyfield most of the season. One other thing, just kind of reading the tea leaves, Trey Turner was made available to the media this past Tuesday. Looks like Trey Turner is going to play on Saturday. So that's a pretty significant piece of the Virginia Tech offense, obviously. Looks like he's going to play. Braxton Burmeister was the quarterback who spoke to the media on Tuesday, not Hendon Hooker. So all of these rumors around Hendon Hooker on the message boards and sources and, you know, from what I know right now, it doesn't look like Hendon Hooker is going to play. Braxton Burmeister was a quarterback made available during media availability. So if you're into the tea leaves thing, that's another indication that we may be seeing Burmeister instead of Hooker. So that's all I know right now. There are going to be some defensive guys missing as well. Virginia Tech's had their COVID issues. They had the game against UVA canceled. But as far as this game's concerned, like top to bottom, Virginia Tech from a roster standpoint is a much better team than NC State. The problem is that we don't know who's suiting up, Joey. So do not bet this game. Do not bet it. I could see it going a number of different directions. I could see Virginia Tech winning by a couple scores because they're the better team. I could see Virginia Tech winning close because they're without a bunch of starters. I could see NC State winning close because they have more guys available than Virginia Tech. It would surprise me, Joey, if NC State won going away because I feel like even without some of Virginia Tech's key contributors, I feel like they're close enough that I feel like that the gap is wide enough when they have full rosters that Virginia Tech should be able to hang with NC State even without some key guys. But I don't know. I'm going to take Virginia Tech because I'm a Hokie and it's a homer <laughs> pick. I don't feel great about it, Joey, only because I'm not 100% sure who's available and who's not going in this game on Saturday as we sit here right now. Yeah, I mean, that goes for both teams. <laughs> I mean, it was, yeah, it was what, just two days ago or something that we had Justin Fuente out there saying like, I hope we have enough guys to play or something like that. I mean, that, that speaks to, and, and, and the thing that we've seen in college football this year with the way that this is like affecting teams is it's not like, okay, so we're losing, I don't know, 20 guys out of the locker room. You're not like losing a guy here, a guy there. Like you're losing the tight end room, the secondary room and all of your specialists. Like you're losing like entire chunks of your team in, in, you know, single groupings right so like at that point if you're losing that many guys and you're questioning do I have enough it makes me question like how are you running practice like it's not well recently by the way not it hasn't been going well recently they had a pause last week for four days Um, they've been I can tell you this with certainty they have been careful this week about hitting like live live tackling. They'd been doing it all of camp, so it's not like a Navy situation. But this week leading up to the game, they've been more, a little bit more careful about that than they have been in the past just because of what they're dealing with. Yeah. Gosh, I hate that I have to pick this game because I'm, I'm with you. Like, I, you can't touch this from a ten, with a 10-foot pole from a betting no. perspective. I mean, that opening number at 10, I mean, if everybody's healthy and we know that and it's a normal year, like, sure, I'll give 10 points with Virginia Tech. Like, they should be quite a bit better than NC State. But right. I mean, everything that we know and don't know, and I mean, I don't know. So if you're giving me points, I mean, I've, I've disagreed with you on the first two picks. Might as well just make it a third one. If you're giving me points at this point, <laughs> I'll I'll take them. We'll say it's going to be a close game. Total's 57. I don't know what to do with that either. I, I cannot recommend touching this game at all. I will make the pick of NC State because I have to make a pick, 
and I want to do something different, I guess, but that's, that's the best I got. And I would not, would not recommend, uh, you know, betting cigarettes in jail or whatever people do these days. Yeah. The only, the only certainties we have on this game, Joey, is that NC State's played a game. They scored a lot of points. The defense looked really bad against the Wake Forest offense. It's just kind of, eh. And that's really all we know. Oh, and Virginia Tech's going to be without several starters. And that's about all we got here. Yep. So, and you're playing a game in Blacksburg with basically just the family members of the players in the stands. So yep. that's kind of where we're at here. Yep. So hard to say. It, it'll be interesting to watch, that's for sure. Um, again, it'll be under the lights in Blacksburg, so that's always a good a good sign. It'll be weird seeing Inter Sandman with – Without like, I mean, I don't know. Are the cardboard cutouts program to jump up and down? Who knows? But that's true. You know, we'll find out. So uh, Scott's got one of those, by the way. Scott and my sister, um, his soon-to-be bride, are together in a cardboard cutout in Lane Stadium on Saturday. Oh, so, look at you! You know, look at that. Right next to Scott Leffler. Yeah. We we got that one made, right? Yeah, Scott. Scott loves that. <laughs> you know, he's gonna love that. He loves him some Leffler. So don't anyway. We all. Don't yeah, we all? God. All right, let's move on. Noon on regional sports networks. So ESPN3, if you're out of town or, I don't know, if you're in town, you can watch it on like Fox Sports South in Atlanta or whatever. But the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, my Yellow Jackets, are an eight-point favorite on the road in upstate New York, taking on the Syracuse Orange. Total is 52 in this game. Uh, Mike, how do we feel about giving eight points with Georgia Tech against anybody right now? Feeling pretty good about it. And then B, is eight points enough to be getting with Syracuse against anybody right now? Oh, man. This is one of my favorite lines of the weekend. I love Georgia Tech. Joey, Syracuse sucks, man. Like, they're bad. They're not good. They're real bad. They're real, real bad. And Georgia Tech made some mistakes against UCF. UCF's a good football team. I understand they lost by four scores. Anybody who watched that game, and we, we discussed this in the recap, anybody who watched that game knows that Georgia Tech was not four scores worse than UCF for the entirety of that football game. Yeah. The better team the better team pulled away at the end. Now, looking at this game on Saturday, Georgia Tech with Jeff Sims, and, and look, Syracuse's defense has looked, you know, they've looked okay through two weeks. They, they haven't been objectively terrible they've been fine um the offense though is a tire fire yeah like rex culpepper is probably the starter now i I guess eric dungy is still technically the starter but rex culpepper i think is going to play a lot because i think as soon as dungy you know you know throws incompletions on his first five or six passes and a couple three and outs like syracuse isn't going to have time to just sit around and wait for dungy to figure it out they're gonna put culpepper in again and um devito yeah Dungy wouldn't have to figure it out. Dungy's got it all figured out. <sighs> DeVito. Miss you, Eric Dungy. Yes, DeVito. Wow, yeah, really miss you, Eric Dungy. Uh, Syracuse misses Eric Dungy a lot because they have to deal with Tommy DeVito now. Sorry. Yes, um, Tommy DeVito. But anyway, I think, long story short, Syracuse is going uh, to Rex Culpepper, I think. Um, great story by our guy, Nate Mink, Syracuse.com, uh, talking about Rex Culpepper and everything he's had to overcome, and he's a cancer survivor and a guy who's kind of paid his dues in the program, and now he's getting his opportunity. Um, he wrote a really, really good story on Syracuse.com, so definitely go check that out. Shout out Nate Mankar guy. Um, but anyway, I, I, I like Georgia Tech here, Joey. I think they're the better team offensively and defensively. I think they cover eight. I, I don't have any trust in the Syracuse offense to really score a lot right now, and I've liked what I've seen out of Georgia Tech's defense so far. Most of the issues they've had have been on the offensive side of the ball, like 
bad turnovers, like inopportune, like stupid plays on third down by Jeff Sims where he's overthrowing a guy or he's taking a bad hit. Like we've seen issues offensively. There have been like freshman moments. I have more trust in Georgia Tech's defense right now than I do in their offense, but I think their offense scores enough uh, to win by more than eight points. I think they win this game by a couple scores. I don't trust Syracuse at all right now, Joey. Mike, you know me. I'm, I'm a big numbers and data guy. I'm in, into the the advanced analytics, the saber metrics here. Uh, I've, I've got a, uh, a pretty crazy stat for you in this game. Um, through two games, Mike, Syracuse has two more points scored offensively than sacks allowed. Mm, they yuck. have scored 16 points and allowed 14 sacks. That is not, not good on the advanced metrics, you might say. Yes, and to put it simply, the offense is really bad. Yeah, like, in, in a word. Put it, to put, yeah, to put it quickly. Yeah, yeah. quickly, straight, concise to the point. Bad. I, I really don't like giving eight points with Georgia Tech at this point. Um, like, like you mentioned, I mean, they're very much not a finished product on offense. There's a lot of issues with finishing drives and uh, turnovers that come with a freshman quarterback and a bunch of freshmen around. But at the same time, golly, Syracuse's offense has been a tire fire. Um, and, I mean, the Pittsburgh defense that they played last week is is a good amount better than this Georgia Tech defense, that's for sure. But at the same time, that North Carolina defense they played in week one, about what they're going to see against Georgia Tech from a quality standpoint. Agree. So, and, and, and SP Plus backs that up, by the way. Both of those defenses in about the mid-30s. So, pretty uh, pretty equivalent here. Right. Um, I Again, I don't like giving eight points with Georgia Tech as it is, but... I also just – I can't bet Syracuse, and I, I feel like we're about to watch Syracuse go down a really brutal path this year. So I will take Georgia Tech to cover eight. I don't love it. I don't love it from a spread standpoint. The thing I do love in this game, Mike, the total's 52. Give me the under. Lock that up. That's my pick of the week right there. Under 52 like one. in the Georgia Tech-Syracuse yep. game. These are two teams that I love right now playing unders for. They're playing each other, and the number is not even the smallest one on the board somehow. So I, I love this. I, I don't think this gets very high scoring. Give me Georgia Tech something like 27-14 or something like that. I, I think it's relatively lower scoring like that, and then I, I don't see a lot of points here. So really love the under. Uh, lock that up. That's my pick of the week. Yeah, it's gonna be a, that's going to be a uh, official pick for me here, Joey. Um, Put that on I the like board, the too. Uh, yeah, put that on the board. I like the under here as well a lot. Um, I mean, I could see Georgia Tech winning this game going away, but I still don't think they score enough to get over it by themselves. I, and I'm not sure Syracuse gets on the board all that much, Joey. Like, let me let me say this because I was a little bit more conservative. When we were talking about this a minute ago. Um, Georgia Tech, like twenty-seven to six. Like, I don't think this is competitive. I really don't. Jeez. I don't think this is a competitive game. I, I think that it's really Georgia Tech running away. I, I think if that happens. We're we're having very real conversations about, you know, making a change on Syracuse's coaching staff or, or something mm. to that degree. I mean, mm. that is that would be an atrocity for Syracuse to fail to get past ten points for the third straight mm. week to start the year. Like, man, that would not be a good sign for them. So, yep. <clears throat> um, all right. So we're both on Georgia Tech, both on the under. That'll be the under will be my pick of the week. Um, expect that to be a low scoring game that Georgia Tech doesn't really have any issues with. So we'll see if. That becomes the case. Who knows? Right. Yep. Uh, four o'clock on the ACC network, Mike. The Duke Blue Devils, a five and a half point underdog on the road in Charlottesville, taking on the Virginia Cavaliers. Total is a 
paltry 46 points. Um, Virginia, this is their first game of the year. Duke coming off of back-to-back losses, including uh, last week to Boston College in their first game of the year. Um, Duke not really impressing so far this year. Um, Again, speaking of teams struggling to score, they've got 19 points through two games. That's not ideal. Chase Bryce having his share of moments. Duke turned it over five times last week. Is that a fluke, Mike, or should we just really expect them to struggle to take care of the football yet again? Five turnovers, probably a fluke, but Duke turning it over two to three times a game. It's probably going to be the norm this year. By the way, the defense isn't very good. I don't like Duke at all. I think Duke's bad. Yeah, you don't like Duke. Um, That's for sure. I don't like Duke. I don't like Duke because of what they did to Virginia Tech last year. That's why I don't like Duke. Um, I really don't like Duke in this game either. And the interesting part about this, too, for UVA is, like, there's a lot of unknown here. Wayne Tulipapa didn't run the ball well last year. Bryce Perkins made up something like 70% plus of UVA's offensive production, like some – abhorrently high amount and now they have brennan armstrong so all these uva fans joey telling us that brennan armstrong is the second coming of jesus christ we're going to be able to see it on the field now on saturday for the first time in 2020 we're going to see what brennan armstrong really is because we've really only seen him in relief to this point yeah i can't wait to see if brennan armstrong is any better than bryce perkins like some people have tried to tell us that he is we'll see dear god yeah that's something i mean is he better than one of the best quarterbacks in school history i mean okay um, so look, the way I look at this is UVA has got some questions, right? At receiver. It's really just Terrell Jana is like all that's left. <laughs> like there are some key guys just not on the roster anymore. Um, UVA has a really good defense and that I'm sure of, um, Charles Snowden leads a unit that's, you know, top five defense in the ACC. I think for certain offensively is where the questions lie with UVA. The, the problem I have here is that Duke's offense has kind of been struggling to get up and down the field, even with Chase Bryce. I, I thought that they'd have more balance um, through a couple of games than they've had, but I like Virginia's defense here. Um, I think Brennan Armstrong will be good enough against Duke in this debut to get the job done. I like UVA here, Joey, to win and cover. Let's make that a pick. All right. UVA to win and cover. I think I'm with you. I, with as, as bad as Duke has been offensively, especially, you know, I, I, we have a lot of questions about Virginia's offense coming into the year. We don't have as many questions about their defense. Um, and, and defensively, any team under Bronco Mendenhall is only ever going to have so many issues. Um, and, and so going up against a Duke offense that has been pretty questionable, to say the least, through the first part of the year, um, I, I think that's got to be the, the move there is to go ahead and take Virginia. <clears throat> Sorry. Might be a little bit of a lower scoring kind of affair again because, you know, both of these offenses really Duke with what we've seen and UVA specifically with what we haven't seen. I mean, it might be a bit of a struggle. I I don't think Duke's defense is as bad as you you think that they are, Um, but I I also don't know that they're necessarily good. And by the way, we got news this week that Mark Gilbert, uh, the defensive back who came back after multiple years out for Duke and he was a former all ACC player back in like 2017. He came back this year. He's now out for an uh, indefinite amount of time. With uh, he had surgery on his knee. I think he had to get some like bone chips removed or something like that. So he's back missing from this Duke defense. I, I don't like Duke in this spot. Um, going on the road to Charlottesville. I, I have my questions about Virginia, but I think in this particular spot, I'm going to go ahead and take them. Um, I know a lot of people make a pretty big deal about not betting against David Cutcliffe as an underdog. But I don't know that he's got that shine on him really in the last 12 months or so. Um, More than that. 
Yeah, so give me give me Virginia. Uh, I'm going to leave the total alone, but if I had to play it, I'd probably play the under here. Um, but I'm not going to make that an official pick for me. Yeah, I I don't really have a idea with this total at all, to be quite honest with you. I guess I'd lean under just because I'm not sure how good UVA's offense is, and I know Duke's offense is very good, so I guess I'd lean under. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I really don't have a good idea of that one way or another. This feels like a 24-14 or, you know, something really low scoring. It tells you something when the total's in the 40s. Um, and we're going to go uh, unders in the 40s for any uh, punt cast listeners. Yeah. <laughs> yep. For my shorties. For you shorties. That's right. All right. Uh, UVA, and if you got to play it, play the under, but really just Virginia if you have to play anything here. Um, all right. Last one, Mike. At 6 o'clock, the Lord's college football time. Uh, six o'clock on ESPN three, the Boston college Eagles, a 17 and a half point home favorite against Texas state, uh, Texas state one and two, but played pretty tight games, you know, in the two losses and then coming off a pretty big win last week. Um, do we trust Boston college to get this kind of separation for sure in this game? No, they beat a bad Duke team. No. No, I By don't. the way, that, that um, game, like as much as it looked like a blowout over Duke, they got like an easy gimme touchdown uh, on a total coverage bust on Zay Flowers. And and keep in mind, too, that was a 7-6 to six game at halftime. Like that was close, competitive, all this, that I, I don't think that the final margin is really indicative that Boston College was that much better. No, I, I totally agree with you there. And look, like that was what, a 7-6 to six game at halftime? Like, it wasn't exactly this, like, game where BC just dominated things from start to finish, like you mentioned. Um, yeah, this is going to be one of those games that, look, I, I don't think BC has earned the right to be an 18-point favorite over anybody. I'm happy to be proven wrong, um, but it's one of those things where, like, I don't really trust them at this point to cover a spread that's that big. Um there's one thing I do want to discuss here. Um, Kobe White for Boston College. Um, done for the year, Joey. Yeah, that's not good. Kind of a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, not a one huge of their deal, better but players. A big deal. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's uh, that's another playmaker gone off the roster. But, uh, I mean, I, I don't know much about Texas State, to be truthful. Um, I, I do know that Boston College, 18 is a lot. And that means they got to score a lot. And not that they can't. I just... I think I, I, I'm going to make Texas State plus 18 a pick here. Um, just because I, I really don't feel like we can trust Boston College that much right now. Yep. So, I'm, I'm with you. That's where I'm at. I'm with you. Um, I, there's a lot of points of separation to get. And, and for what it's worth, I mean, Texas State, they, their losses were to SMU, who is a pretty legitimately good team. They lost that game by seven. Uh, then they go and they lose at home to UTSA, which is not as good or, or defensible as a loss, but scored 48 points in losing. And then they go and beat uh, UL Monroe pretty good, 38-17 to 17, uh, last week. So this is a team that can score some points, you know, and I, I don't think that they're really going to threaten Boston College, but certainly a team like that that can maybe keep up a little bit uh, and, and could, you know, score some points late to get in there. I'm going to take Texas State in the 17-and-a-half here. Um, I, and I actually think I like the over here. Total's 58 and a half. I don't think that that's enough. Um, for what we saw from Boston College, I think they're going to be able to score. I think Texas State's going to be able to score. I think this is going to be a little bit of a higher scoring kind of affair, something like, I don't know, 45-31, something to that effect. So 
Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to make the over an official play for me as well. Um, so give me Texas State in the over. Yeah, um, I, I think I'm. I think I'm with you on both of those. I'm definitely with you on on Texas State covering. I just uh, I don't know if I like the the over under in either direction. So. All right, we'll leave that off the lean under. Yeah, lean lean under, but it's not going to be a pick for me. Why the hell not? Um, Yeah. All right. Mike, that's all we got. Those six games we had, again, Notre Dame-Wake Forest was postponed. Um, That will be made up on December the 12th. Um, Somebody made the point, too, that it's it's a good thing that – Notre Dame is going to be able to make this game up because it was, uh, it was Bud Elliott that pointed this out is that this game would pretty much count as like, you know, a surefire win for Notre Dame. And that's important because they are determining ACC championship game participation by conference win percentage. So, you know, if it came down to like seven and two Notre Dame versus eight and two North Carolina, well, North Carolina would go, you know, for example. So, um, important that Notre Dame gets gets the win on the resume if they uh, if they can make it work at all. So uh, we will uh, we'll keep you updated on that. Yeah, Mike, your pick of the week. You've got Miami covering eleven. You love them even against that big number against Florida State. Love them, love them. Pick of the week. Don't think twice. Everybody listening to this is probably like you're out of your mind. It's a rivalry game. I'm thinking. I'm twice. not one of those people. Yeah, you're thinking twice. <laughs> I'm on Florida State in that game. So. Yep. Um, I will think twice about that, but that's your pick of the week. Mine is under 52 in the Georgia Tech-Syracuse game. By the way, that opened at like 56 and a half, I think, and it's come down four and a half points already. It'll probably go down more by kickoff. So um, if you want to get in on that under, you might want to hurry up and do it because that's moving quickly. So Yep. Yeah. Get on that quick. This is this is. I, I'm learning too, by the way, Mike, that this is not really a year that you want to be betting a bunch of stuff early. Um, but – Something like that, totals that are moving a good amount, you know, maybe maybe go get in on it sooner than later if you feel pretty strongly about it. But either way. Yeah. And if you have a if you have some sort of level of certainty with the Virginia Tech game, please let me know. That'd be great. <laughs> like literally any. Um, yeah. Yeah. So okay. All right, Mike. Well, that's all I got. Anything else on uh, week three before we get out of here? No, nah, I think we're good. Enjoy the games. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You do the same. Uh, any any big plans for the weekend? Probably just watching football, honestly. So, there no. You go. The answer is no. Playing you play some golf. golf, apparently, yeah. Yeah, playing a little bit of golf. Doing a lot of that recently, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right, well, you enjoy the games as well, and uh, we will come back on Sunday and uh, recap some of them. How's that sound? Yeah, it sounds good to me. All right. Well, until then, you guys can find us on Twitter. I am at FTRS Joey. He is at Mike McDaniel VT, and together we're at BC Podcast ACC. Y'all can send us an email with your questions, comments, concerns, the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Thank you. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Breaker, the Overcast app, wherever fine podcasts are sold for free. Most importantly, Mike, on Anchor. And we appreciate those who have. And, uh, Mike, do you want to tell them where they can find us on the social medias? Yes, Facebook. Facebook.com slash review. Find all of your podcasts there, Joey. Please do. Please do. Thank you to those who have once again. Um, one last little note that I will drop in here, by the way. Um, we, we mentioned Anchor, and we know that they've been our, our primary sponsor here for the past eh, year or so. And uh, I know that sometimes those those ad reads at the beginning of every episode can be kind of, um, yeah, can get kind of old, be kind of frustrating, whatever. But I, I will say that 
again, talking on a new microphone with some new gear here, that that was funded by those advertisements very specifically. So um, just know that it does good for us as a podcast that we're able to do that. Um, this is not like a particularly profitable thing, really. It just <laughs> the money that we make off of it goes back into doing cool podcast things. So um, appreciate those you know, for, for listening and for, for your patience with that. Um, it has hopefully helped to uh, improve the quality of what we're doing here. So thank you. And if you want to, if you want to sponsor us, let us know too. Yeah, DMs are open. Uh, we are open to sponsorships. If you got like a car dealership, or if you want us to do like, I don't know, like special shoutouts. Like we could start. What, what's yeah. the? Uh, oh, what's the? What's the service for people? Like the celebrities get on there and uh, do like special shoutouts for people. You can buy cameo. I think it is cameo. Cameo. Yeah, cameo. Um, if you own a strip club, like we'll do those reads. <laughs> like you name it, we'll do it. Like we're not above anything. This is a family program, Mike. But remember, the strippers have <laughs> yeah, families too. So it it is, yeah. I mean, we're we're supporting their family. They might be supporting ours. Who knows? <laughs> By the time we're done with this thing, who's to say? All right, Mike. On that note, uh, you want to come back and recap some games on Sunday? Yes, sir. All right, we'll talk then. Until then, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Enjoy the games, and until next time, go ACC. Mm-hmm.